we're one people, we're one family, we're one house, we all live in the same house. He always just said, no, this is the right thing to do, that's what, that's what we're gonna do. On this edition of Let's Talk Cincy, we remember civil rights icon, John Lewis. From WLWT, this is Let's Talk Cincy, presented by Western and Southern Financial Group. Put our financial strength behind you. The nation lost a civil rights and political giant. Longtime Georgia Congressman John Lewis died at the age of 80 following a very tough battle with pancreatic cancer. Hello, I'm Alexis Rogers. And I'm Curtis Fuller. If ever there was a person who epitomized the term hero, it was John Robert Lewis, a person admired for courage, achievement, or noble qualities. Congressman Lewis was no stranger to Cincinnati, so it seemed fitting that we talk with people who knew him and were inspired by his tireless pursuit of justice and equality. It was a gut punch when I learned that, that he had passed away. It just felt like the world was crashing down. Stephanie Jones worked with John Lewis in Washington. Her father, the late federal judge Nathaniel Jones, also worked side by side with John Lewis during the civil rights movement. They loved each other very much. They were, um, they had worked together over the years and they just had a tremendous admiration for one another. They also, they used to joke around because both of their wives were named Lillian. And so uh, they were, they laughed about how they, they'd married up. Paul Booth also has fond memories of his friend and mentor. He's a person that uh, knew no strangers. Uh, he was uh, unassuming. Uh, but yet he was powerful. He made a statement. Those of us who have had the experience of either being with uh, these giants, uh, reading about them or seeing them in the media, we are obligated to pay it forward. John Lewis marched with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Fred Shuttlesworth. We have lost the last of the speakers, as they said, on the Washington March in 1963. I was proud to hear my father speak. I was proud to hear John Lewis speak, and I was proud to hear Dr. King speak. John Lewis. I mean, if you tried to write a story about what it was to be a black man in Jim Crow America, John Lewis sharecropper, poor, uh, you know, raised on the faith of his grandparents and the parents and, you know, surrounded all, all his life by dignity. I mean, they were poor, but his family had dignity. And, and uh, oh, man, I mean, that guy. I, and, and the remarkable thing about uh, John Lewis and C.T. Vivian and Bevel and the rest is that they all looked to ministry as sort of a, a way of not only, you know, communicating on behalf of God, but also a way of lifting the people, lifting the people, not just on Sundays, but lifting the people holistically. Lewis was also a freedom writer, along with Betty Roseman. John Lewis, would, he was the type of person who would lay down his life to make a difference, but we're all God's children. He was a very gentle person. He was a very motivating person. And as we remember John Lewis, where do we go from here? One of the things he told me, he said, you know, you younger people, you got to keep going. He said, you got to keep going and don't stop until you don't have any more breath in you. 
the Honorable John R. Lewis, the son of sharecroppers from Alabama, a fearless advocate and a distinguished member of Congress, John Lewis has earned our lasting gratitude for a lifetime dedicated to the pursuit of equality and justice for all. When I heard of the passing of John Lewis, one of the first people I thought about was a longtime friend, Stephanie Jones. She is the daughter of the late federal judge Nathaniel R. Jones, and she is currently the president of the Call to Justice Foundation. That's a nonprofit devoted to advancing the civil rights legacy of her dad. She shared with me some of her fondest memories of her friend, the Honorable John Lewis. First of all, he was one of the kindest people I ever met. He was, he was very kind, he was very humble, and he never, he never took himself too seriously. And he always seemed to, he always seemed to be surprised that people saw him the way they did. He uh, just seemed to appreciate every minute, he appreciated everybody around him. He was always saying thank you. Uh, and always seemed happy to see you. And one time we were in um, Charlotte for the Democratic Convention and I was walking up the street and I heard, Stephanie, Stephanie. And I looked up and it was John Lewis hanging out of the passenger window, waving, hello, Stephanie, hello. And he seemed to be so just excited that he saw, and, and of course he was surrounded by people he knew. I mean, you know, every, you know, everybody was in Charlotte that week, but to have him just that happy to greet you because he saw you walking down the street. And, and I, I thought, wow, you know, a lot of cool things have happened at this convention, but I think John Lewis shouting out at me on the street is probably one of the better things. One of the things I loved about him was he had this sense of wonder. And everything was just amazing to him. Things would happen and he'd say, oh my goodness, this is so fantastic. You know, I couldn't believe this. Oh, I, and I saw this and these people, these young people inspired me so much. I wish you could have seen it. He, oh, and I always thought, wow, you know, that's, it's so wonderful to have been through everything that he had been through in his life and to still have that kind of innocence and wonder about everything around him. And in a way, it reminded me of my dad, because one of the things about him was things surprised him all the time, you know, and he said, wow, a lot, you know, he'd say, wow. And I thought, well, it must be nice to be that age and you still say, wow, about things. And John Lewis was like that. They were sort of part of this fraternity. They also knew that their time in the spotlight was, was waning and that it was important to inspire others to come along behind them, but also help teach them the lessons that they learned. We've lost so many people in the, just the last year. And some of it is sort of the, what I call the downside of the blessing, because many of these people, most of them were 
were older. They had lived very full lives. We, we appreciated them so much when they were here. And we, you know, I think most of us felt like I did that. I always knew that it was almost like we were getting a bonus. Like, like, you know, every time we had these interactions with them and we got to think, just think about their, that they were still here and they were still in our lives and they were still very, you know, they were, they were still, you know, doing things and inspiring us. And that was such a blessing. But the downside of that is that they can't live forever. And many of these people were, you know, my dad was 93 and, and, you know, Marion Spencer was in her late nineties. John Lewis was sort of a baby compared to them at 80, but that's still a lot of years. And um, C.T. Vivian was in his nineties. You know, Reverend Lowry was old. That, that, so it's, we can't hold on to these people forever. We've been very blessed to have them this long. But the downside is we're, we're going to lose them. It's easy for us to look at someone like a John Lewis and say, oh, yes, well, of course he did all that because he was exceptional. But he was just, he was an average person who did exceptional things, who showed incredible courage and, and probably pushed far beyond his comfort, his comfort zone and his he, he, I mean, he, this man must have been terrified a good part of his life, but he did it anyway. And I think that that's kind of daunting for us because it's easy to, to attribute greatness to people who are bigger than life. It's harder to understand how ordinary people do these kinds of great things and the courage it takes. And, but that also means that we can all do that. And we can all we can all do great things, and we can all push beyond our comfort, um, and don't leave it to um, you know don't treat him as if he was just an an icon who wasn't like us. He was he was so down to earth. He was just like us, and but he he showed us how everybody can do extraordinary things and make a difference. And so that's that's what I that's what I think of today when I think about him. You know, Stephanie tells a great story about being in South Africa when President Clinton paid a visit to Nelson Mandela. The staff allowed her to use Mandela's office to work in. She says, as she sat at his desk, the first thing she did was check out the books on his shelf. Among the books within arm's reach for frequent reference was a book entitled Walking with the Wind a memoir of the movement. That book is by John Lewis. Well, inspiring the next generation of civil rights leaders, how John Lewis's legacy lives on when Let's Talk Sensi returns. But we want to be free now. Civil rights icon John Lewis, at 23 years old, was the youngest speaker at the 1963 March on Washington. Two years later, he led a march for voting rights in Selma, Alabama. When it comes to leadership, Congressman Lewis led by example and heart. But what really inspired his heart the most was young people, the leaders of the future. In his absence, local young leaders are more than ready than ever to take on the torch that Lewis lit and run with it. Congressman John Lewis's legacy began as a young person. 
Throughout his journey, young people were at the top of his heart. Leaders of the future, like Tyler Chang and Stacia Jones. I'm a freshman in college right now, and um, I'm 17 years old. I graduated from Cincinnati Christian Schools. I am from Cincinnati, Ohio. I am a Princeton alumni, Princeton High School alumni. Um, I go to Bowling Green State University. It's like he was doing it around my age, everything that he was doing. And so it's kind of like for me to be doing it at my age as well. And I'm a young lady. So it's like people wouldn't really see that. Chang leads many efforts at Princeton and leads currently at Bowling Green State University to unify the community. Truly inspired by Lewis's grit, which planted an important seed of advocacy more than six decades prior to Chang. From him, um, obviously with the sit-ins and the March on Selma, and I really feel that that is so pivotal in today's society because he has overcome so many different obstacles and he has um, inspired me to contribute socially and financially to civil rights and human rights cases. Um, he inspires me to not only do advocacy, but to be proactive and throughout history, um, not only for African-Americans, but for human rights. Um, he has inspired me to over to keep in mind um, that he has overcome a lot of obstacles and it's now time to pass the torch and for me to take my time um, and continue his legacy. Jones says Lewis's advocacy implored her to take even more pride in her own family tree. My grandma, for example, she knew all of the individuals like the Black Panthers and stuff and um, my aunt who died she has the same name as me and she died before i was even born but like there's newspapers and she used to speak out about it too so it's kind of like in our family even though we don't talk about it as much and i've been through racism as well whether in a catholic school in a christian school just in a regular school in general so it's definitely there and it definitely shouldn't be but we're trying to change it now she along with other students called generations of the unheard continue to organize rallies throughout cincinnati to continue the work civil rights giants like lewis fought so hard for we want to basically shine a light on systematic racism towards all individuals of color and to raise awareness so eventually later down the road we're going to have like educational sites where people can come and get educated about, you know, just history in general that they don't teach in schools. I hope to see a lot of change, probably um, a change in police brutality, a change in racism, more people educated about, you know, black history because they don't really teach that in school and you have to learn yourself. For Chang, he's eager to continue running the ultimate race for the human race. Doing a relay, for instance, you have one person passing the baton. They're going hard, they're going hard. And now I'm the next person to grab the baton and I have to run with it. I just have to run and I have to keep fighting and I have to keep doing what is right that I know um, for African-Americans and for human rights. So I'm gonna take that baton, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna fight back and we're gonna get my community since I am a leader in the community and I'm, we're gonna all unify together and we're gonna make this world a better place. Jones agrees there's still much work to be done. I will tell them it comes in any age, any race, it doesn't matter really. Um, but we just want to make a change and we want to see a change. And we've all been through things and we're all not black. We all come in different shades. So it's like for all of us to really go through something together, 
or to experience the same things, it's kind of like, wow, it opens our eyes more. And then people come and they tell their story too. And it just opens our eyes even more and gives us an opportunity to do what we have to do. Never forget the people who have taken the strides to help with civil rights and African-American and in, um, for human rights, but also do your own personal research. Read and um, empower yourself first. That will be my call of action. Empower yourself because you can empower others by empowering you first. Don't be afraid to speak your mind or to use your voice because sometimes your voice, it can reach other individuals and it has a platform to go to other places. So if you have a voice and you want to speak, don't be afraid to do it. <laughs> Life lessons that will allow Lewis's legacy to live on in the best of ways. I am good trouble. When it comes to good trouble, we know that Congressman Lewis knew exactly how that worked. Generations of the Unheard plan to continue programming and hopefully have direct centers where people can learn and be empowered. And as for Tyler, he says that he too has some community action steps up his sleeves that he really looks forward to putting in place at school and right here at home. We'll be right back. Hi there, and welcome back to Let's Talk Cincy, a social justice podcast done for kids by kids. It's gaining a lot of attention all over the country, and it stars a local brother-sister duo who are behind the popular show that's educating people across the nation. Hey, Jackson, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Hey, black child, do you know who you are? You really are. My name's Avery, and this is my brother, Jackson. Hello. Today, you will learn history. 10-year-old Avery and 7-year-old Jackson Osmer are the kind of teachers everyone can learn from. From laws to sports and engineering. The dynamic brother-sister duo are kidpreneurs. Um, one day we were just doing summer homework and watching TV and we decided to look up if there was any black kids podcast and there was none so we decided to make one so that um, kids and black kids would have one to listen to. Hey, Black Child. They host and produce a podcast called Hey, Black Child, teaching not only about black history, but giving context to social justice and human rights issues, all the while highlighting other black businesses and kidpreneurs. What's the feedback been like? <laughs> they, people have said they liked it and they were inspired by it. I hope people learn that black lives matter and that you shouldn't treat them differently. You should treat them the same that you want it to be treated. The podcast keeps growing and is now going national. It, it's amazing how many people are responding to it and telling us that it's a great idea and that they're learning. We have adults who are sending us messages saying, I learned something new today. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Always connecting. We're pretty active on social media too. So our Instagram is hey underscore black underscore child underscore podcast. So we're pretty active on there. Taking pride in providing a space where everyone can learn something new. That's really important to us that we're showcasing black children and what they're doing. So this podcast is a way for us as mom, as me as a mom and then my husband us to teach and talk to the kids about topics that we know a lot of families are trying to navigate right now. So very fun, very exciting. 
and happy to do it with my family. No justice, no peace. No justice, no peace. Avery, what are you talking about? <laughs> How about that, huh? Alexis says this is one of the most listened to podcasts, believe it or not, in the country. Good luck to them. Hey, and finally now, passing the torch. John Lewis would tell us the struggle continues and each one of us in every generation must do our part to make a difference. Uh, Black Lives Matter to me means that there's not another race that when you're walking down the street, somebody's gonna see you as a constant threat. And if we want an equal society, we can't all be equal until the black community is put on the same tier as any other race. We, we are, are soul bros. bros. We are not thugs. We are not drug dealers. We are not dangerous. We are scholars. We believe that you can do anything if you surround yourself with people that tell you you can. We believe that you can change the world with a dream and a friend. Sadly, they face a world where they are often still being judged by the color of their skin and not the content of their character. They wanted to lend their voice. Teenagers growing into black men. As long as you're black, you could be following all the rules and you could still end up in George Floyd's place. We believe that our generation is not lost. We just seek to be inspired. We believe that inspiration is a solution to all that is wrong in the world and the motivation for everything that's right in the world. And we hope to be that inspiration. There are forces in America trying to take us back to another time and another period. We must say we're not going back, we're going forward to create one America. You know, John Lewis made his last public appearance uh, June 7th, and it was at the Black Lives Matter Plaza out in Washington, D.C. He said people are sending a powerful message about better days ahead. He said we will get there. How about that, huh? Man, he was so wise, even at a young age. Yeah, yeah. And continued to bless us with his wisdom, so he will definitely be missed. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us for this edition of Let's Talk Cincy. We want to hear from you. Of course we do. Email us all of your ideas at ltc at wlwt.com. You can also see full episodes and stories from Let's Talk Cincy by going to the menu tab of wlwt.com and clicking on Let's Talk Cincy. Of course, we're excited to see you next week. Absolutely. For another edition of Let's Talk Cincy, thanks for joining us for this edition. Hope to see you next week.